senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Prices on Infinite Midlines podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is episode 61, and I'm going to warn you right out of the gate. Um, this is probably not going to be uh, our longest episode, our most coherent episode. You, you've been inflicted with the creeping projectile ick. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> somehow I got through the entire winter being trapped inside with people who have kids and work with kids and didn't get sick at all and yeah come friday night saturday morning it's not even booze related which is what bothers me i could deal with well, that now, now you have to build your immune system up against the greater swath of humanity which you haven't had to do all winter yeah well well i have just against a few particular subsets of humanity that <laughs> apparently have managed to avoid illness but yeah just some weird creeping stomach bug of just kind of felt like shit for the last two days and so you know, indian food you go fuck yourself <laughs> you go straight to hell god damn it you just want to suck the joy out of everything you keep saying that why do you keep saying that because you do <laughs> oh just the thought of a curry you mm, tikka masala you go straight to hell <laughs> god damn you so chutney squishy shut up i swear to god <laughs> We're going to get a thank you, good night. It's going to be a two-minute show. So, so yeah, it's a, we had some grand plans on what this week's show could be about. We were finally able to see uh, some of the Powers TV show uh, that's on the PlayStation Network, based on the Brian Michael Bendis, Michael Avon Oming comic. And I just was in and out of sleep too much to be able to watch all of them so maybe we'll talk about that next week so uh, yeah it's just it's been a horrible low energy plus there was another two inches of snow yesterday yeah my will to, my will to live is gone on two or three fronts uh. so i apologize in advance next week's show will be much more upbeat um because i'll probably be able to drink but well i'm fucking perky you are God damn it. <laughs> Quit smiling, you idiot. It's supposed to be a professional. <laughs> yes, I, I'm glad. Oh, one of us needs to be. I'm glad you're you're feeling all right. And so far. So, so yeah, it's it, you sent me a link to something that I tried desperately to read about, uh, some horrible human mutation. <laughs> it's not a some, mutation. It's a biohack. <laughs> oh, because those are always good. I've read Warren Ellis's Crooked Little Vein. <laughs> If this is some story about somebody shooting their sack full of saline, so it looks like a like a horrible cue ball. No, no. Because um, that'll get me to run to the bathroom too. No, it's this was an article that showed up on the Nerdist on March twenty eighth. Um, there's basically two guys, uh, Gabriel Lucina and Jeffrey Tibbetts, from something called Science for the Masses. Those fuckers, you're listening to those. Ba I don't know who they are. <laughs> Uh, which is described as a DIY science co-op dedicated to making science more available to the public. They've been working on um, a concoction involving chlorophyll that allows humans to see in the dark, and apparently it works. And they actually published to the web uh, how they did it in case you want to try it at home, although they caution strongly against it. All right, wait. <clears throat> you're you're going to have to give me some more 
detail. They basically you... made eye drops that have a shit ton of chlorophyll in it, and it's it's based on there's a, a really deep sea fish called a dragonfish. See the whenever I hear chloro anything, I'm picturing, but you use that to knock out people, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shoot that shit into your eyes. No, no, no. That's chloroform. Chloroform. I'm aware of the difference. It's just the chloro prefix. The first thing I go to is that old joke. Hey, can you sniff this rag and tell me if it smells like chloroform? <laughs> so don't look at me like that. We got together on the up and up. I never used that line with you. <laughs> um, I guess there's a team of scientists in the '90s from the University of London that discovered this thing called the dragonfish. Um which is a very deep sea dwelling fish uh uses chlorophyll which is the same pigment that allows plants to photosynthesize and feed themselves right um they can see red light in uh the dark ocean depths using plants? chlorophyll plants can what this fish can somehow use chlorophyll to do that okay so they they basically put together some kind of concoction where they put a shit ton of chlorophyll in there and some other stuff and if you put about a half a bottle of it in each eye and then put a protective lens over your eye so that shit doesn't leak out it bonds <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know it seems like something that probably should have been in like prometheus hey, <laughs> i'm just thinking if i pour half a bottle into my mouth i can see through time it's just a magic thing where suddenly it's the next no no, morning. no that's that's whiskey hun yeah i know i wake <laughs> no chlorophyll up and the, in that. suddenly it's the next morning and i feel shame and breezes in places where I shouldn't. Um. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Did you know you can order pants off the internet? And sometimes you need to have them overnighted. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Does somebody need to FedEx you pants? FedEx me pants, for the love of God. <laughs> Gotta go to work tomorrow. Um. So it it bonds to um it it binds to something called opsin proteins in your retina, um where it's then excited by light. And it, it causes... Now, is this opposed to the retinin proteins? I have no idea. Me neither. I, I think I made that word up. <laughs> I just made that word up. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Go ahead. But the bottom line is it, it allowed the user to be able to see um, people in, in dark, dark light um, far more easily than other people who were not using it. So um, the quote from the article, he might not be ready to return home to Furia because with the, uh, the protective lenses, it gave him the whole Riddick kind of look. Okay. Um, oh, so they're passing this off like it's the I shine job. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, it allowed Lysina to pick out <laughs> figures in the dark with 100% accuracy, whereas non-treated subjects could only make out about 30%. Okay, so somebody was inspired by Vin Diesel, jacked themselves up with chlorophyll, and didn't say, I am Groot? Yes. <laughs> That's stupid. That's a waste <laughs> of fucking time. Well, I, I just think it's it's interesting. Apparently, there's no apparent side effects. The next morning, um, whatever had bound itself to his retina had worked itself out of his system. So there. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, look, like, I, I've seen X, the man with the X-ray eyes. Yeah, it's all fun and games. We'll do these experimental eye drops, and oh, look, I can see better. And then you start seeing Cthulhu's in the corners. Next thing you know, you're jabbing yourself in the face of the letter opener, screaming, "Oh God, what's coming after me?" I just think it's it, it was an interesting story because you know we we spend a lot of time on this site talking about superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> True, and I suppose slightly better night vision certainly counts. Just, the, it's interesting. <laughs> what, what do you mean by slightly better night vision? What what could he actually, you said he saw people? Yeah, they, they did tests where uh, you were look, trying to pick out figures in the dark. People. 
in the dark that untreated subjects really couldn't see that well. Well, shit, I've been practicing that skill since I could legally go into bars until fucking last call. (laughs) Again, I think they're putting the wrong bottle in the wrong place. I I just think that it's an interesting idea. <laughs> I'm for anything that'll give me superpowers, but let's let's skip the night vision and go straight to heat vision because I have an enemies list that is not getting any shorter. Um, don't look at me like that. You're not on it yet. <laughs> oh, good. That's good because you know who's there for you to hold your hair back when you puke. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just I'm feeling particularly cynical today because I've been in and out of sleep all day. Half wishing I was dead. As far as you know, you still mostly have your tooth enamel. <laughs> well, my teeth are a little gritty. <laughs> Might go take a nap. but. So anyway. Just... So, I mean, w- would you put that shit in your eyes? I'm not sure. I would want them to do more tests to, to really rule out that there's no long-term side effects because, I don't know, I I saw the thing. <laughs> the yeah. idea of like other, <laughs> other organisms' DNA, or at least... The chlorophyll, which isn't necessarily DNA, it's, it's, it's creepy. I mean, it's, it's shit re- binding with your stuff and then making it behave differently. Well, it's reminding me of that episode, uh, episode that issue of Swamp Thing, uh, where uh, Chester uses one of the tubers that he's growing, and it's one of the first times anybody tries it, and he gives it to one guy who's a complete and total douchebag and one guy whose wife is dying and she has a wonderful experience and the douchebag just decides, oh, I'm on fire like the Swamp Thing was and winds up walking in front of a bus. (laughs) Jesus. I don't know, pouring plant proteins into your face. That seems like mad science. It does. It does. But, you know, good on him for trying, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's that spirit of solid, rigorous theory and experimentation. I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> sure, put it in my eyes. Fuck it. I don't <laughs> what, what do you see? What do you see? Oh, shit. I lost the sound effect. Dead Fuck people? It. Doesn't matter. <laughs> no, anyway, what do you see? Don't look at it. Shut your eyes, Marie, and don't look at it no matter what happens. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can barely put Visine into my eyes. Yeah, I, I I end up putting it in, but I, I know I don't do it necessarily correctly because you're supposed to like hold it well above your eyes. And I can't even put contacts in. Like, I am that much of a wuss. Yeah, I don't like anything touching my eyes. And I'm sure I need glasses of some sort because I had some prescribed to me when I was like 17 years old. And I still have them someplace. The, the giant gork 1988 geek glasses. Aviators. You showed them to me once. Oh, God, they're fucking horrible. <laughs> I decided, no, I'd rather risk plowing my car in a fucking tree <laughs> than look like this in a public place. You know, they do make other ones now. I, I, I own glasses. I, I, too, had awful 1980s Janine Melnick um, monstrosities. Yeah, I know, but I also hear you complain every morning about these fucking glasses. And we literally have a gallon of Windex in the house. And it's not because we're washing the fucking windows. It's no, your glasses I every hate morning. wearing glasses. I and I don't know that I could go through. I mean, I, I have an astigmatism anyway, so I don't think I qualify for the laser surgery, but I could be wrong. Um, speaking of things you could do to modify your eyes. Uh, <laughs> well, get jam these, uh, lasers into them. 
No, see, lasers out. That's what I'm going for <laughs> is the lasers to come out. But I, I think I'd have to be one of those people that they, they just cram full of Prozac to the point where they don't care. Like just to the point where like you're too teetering on the could have the suicidal tendencies from taking too much Prozac. Just a flat affect. Yeah. You know, going through life. I don't feel much of anything. Because they don't anymore. knock you out. My mom had it done. Um, you're, you're awake when it happens and they, they, they pry your eyes open. Like it's like, um, clockwork orange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't think I can do that. Well, maybe you can get these eye drops and you, you just, you'll see shitty, but you'll see shitty in the dark. <laughs> I'm all for anybody who can give me superpowers, maybe picking out a human shape at a hundred yards in the dark. Uh, I'm going to hold out for just grabbing. I'd rather lick nuclear waste and hope for the daredevil effect, to tell you the truth. <laughs> All right. Let's not put you in front of any nuclear waste. You've had enough stomach issues this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, let me get back to full health before I start doing that shit. But I mean, it's, it, it's interesting stuff. And yeah, anything that moves me toward the pure cybernetic future of, of Bruce Sterling, or William Gibson, I'm for that. Yeah. Can we move directly to the the, the knives in the fingers like Molly Millions, please? Well, I'm sure there's there's body modification sites that have people who have done that. <laughs> or similar. Yeah, yeah, more more mad science. No, I, I want to be able to go to a clinic. <laughs> Even a weird one in Chiba City. That'd oh. be fine. <laughs> As opposed to urgent care. Ow, I jammed this under my fingernail. Yeah, as opposed <laughs> as opposed to filthy Mike in his <laughs> in his grinder's site where it's don't worry, I tried this on the dog. <laughs> where is he? Uh I've I've modified Some farm upstate. I've modified the procedure since then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's a ninja on a farm upstate. <laughs> Write that one down. That's ninja a on a farm upstate, okay. But yeah, I'm always amazed with a the fun, weird stuff that, that you can find online. Although, yeah, th this one's a bridge too far. Yeah, half a bottle of eye drops. <laughs> I got headlights. I don't think I need to see in the dark. I got night vision cameras in the house. I'll look at the screen. It'll be fine. There you go. So. I'm uh, just thinking that eventually there's there's an application for when they have, like, some virtual reality application of Kim Kardashian's sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> Just based on the application that you're talking about, the last thing I want is goo in my eyes. <laughs> it sounds like an accurate recreation of the experience that you're describing. I think I'm going to take a pass on that one. I'm the one that has to think like this. Yeah, and I appreciate it. It's, it's not going away now. <laughs> Gonna be stuck in my head for a while. Thanks. You're welcome. But you feel better yet? No, I do not. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. It's, uh, when, when do we go on to the the main yeah. subject? It's uh this week, uh, and it was it was weird for for us. It was particularly weird for me. This uh, this is the week where uh the San Diego Hotel again. Uh, what do they call it? Hotel again. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, where the. You can get, uh, for San Diego Comic-Con, if you have tickets, you can get the convention rate hotel room. Right. Uh, and it was very weird because this week that happened and we were not part of it. Sad. Yeah. So, so yeah, it turns out we were just not able to finagle the way to go. We've sort of been holding off to, to see how that happens. And it's it, not going to happen. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's it's not going to happen. But 
But it was weird to see on other comics news websites that, you know, oh, yeah, this is happening. It's like, ugh, because to go to San Diego, and we've talked about this in the show before, it really, it's a long and involved planning process. You know, literally for years, you know, it was, we would come back from Comic-Con and immediately book a backup hotel room. Yes. Because, yeah, Hotel Ageddon is a fucking nightmare. It is. And you're not sure if you're going to get something that is, you know, 200 yards from the convention site or in Chula Vista. Yeah. <laughs> or anything at all. Yeah. Because, frankly, the way this uh, works out, if you've never done it before, is there's a website and it goes live at noon. And when it goes live, you put in your information uh, you have to give your top six hotel choices, yeah. no more, no less, uh, and you know, check off another couple things like are you willing to get alternates, are you willing to change hotels in between, stuff like that, and press the button. Now this, unlike registration for Comic-Con where it's, oh, you're in a waiting room, this is purely you go in and this is first come, first serve, but you don't find out right away. Right. So you're able to put all the information in and hit submit. They process it later based on the timestamp when it came in and find out what you got. And we didn't do this for a while. They've had this process in place for at least a few years. But after our first San Diego Comic-Con was 2006. Yeah. Um, and we used, at the time it was first come, first served, uh, but it was real time. So you would yeah. register for the hotel and, uh, yep, you've got your registration. After a couple of years, we found a hotel that we liked that was a little off the beaten path, and we would just book it directly. It wasn't that much yeah. more expensive. So, I mean, for it us... Was, it was worth it to just know that you had a place to stay. Well, yeah, and it made, you know, up until about 2011 or 2010, it, it made life easy because that was when you could just immediately get your, your laminate, your, your pass for the week, and go get in line to get next year's, you know, buy next year's pass. Right. So we would literally, a lot, for two or three years, we'd get our passes, and as soon as we got home, we would book the room at the ho at our hotel of choice, and then we'd just set a reminder for January to buy a hotel, uh, to buy a flight, rather, and then we'd be all set. Right. But, yeah, it was around 2011, Comic-Con really expanded how many hotels that they were going in, so our hotel of choice, you could no longer book a room outside of the convention rooms, and right. a lot of hotels were like that. So, but yeah, it's only been two or three years where we had to do it. When we did it, I, I had it down to a science. <laughs> you know, I would get everything done, and I got faster every year. We did it for three years, and by last year, I think I had everything in and submitted in about 100 seconds. Yeah, yeah. And we were able to get our first choice hotel room, but you would see people who press submit at 12.04, or 1205, God forbid, who got nothing. Right. So it's it's really, it's a nightmare. And considering this is the last step, because look at what you have to do now. You still kind of have to book the backup room somewhere in the middle, you know, middle of San Diego, downtown, in the Bail Bonds District, where it's <laughs> you know, kind of worth your life to go outside after, <laughs> after dark. And then, yeah, you got to set aside, assuming you went the year before, the pre-sale, and for us, it was, okay, we're in two different sites, and we'll be in this waiting room for two hours. And if that doesn't work, you need to set aside the actual sale date. And if you can actually get into there, then it's finally the hotel. It's 
it is a massive process. It is. And it's one that we had gotten used to doing. It was always just sort of, yeah, we know in our head the checklist and everything. But yeah, it's and the other problem this year is there were a lot of people complaining online with the hotel site that they were served malformed web pages. Oh shit. Where you couldn't select hotels. There was something wrong with the list. Well, it's bad enough if they make you jump through 800 hoops to try to do something fun for a vacation to to then not give them technology that would allow them to do that. Well, yeah, it's a, there were people who like had to regardless of what they said, press refresh on it. Yeah. There were people who said because of it they couldn't get their choices in until like 10 minutes past noon. Oh, Jesus. And you know what you call people who get their selections in at 10 minutes past noon? Losers. I don't know what you call them, but the police call them vagrants because you don't have a <laughs> fucking hotel room. So, so yeah, when, when we finally heard that the hotels were going and that meant that we hadn't gotten the, the backup passes that we were hoping for, we really started looking and we'd done some research and we've mentioned it on the show of finding some other relatively large regional convention somewhere around the country. Now we've got Boston Comic Con, that's coming up the end of July, beginning of August. Yep. Which has become relatively big, particularly compared to what it was. And it's certainly gonna be, you know, fun and there'll be some news out of there. But I had sort of gotten in, in my head that there is San Diego, which is like the massive shining city on the hill, and then okay, there's these other little ones, so yeah, certainly. But we, even the uh, the other little ones, and I'm using air quotes that nobody um, can actually see me do other than you. Yeah, radio, baby, radio. They're not so little anymore. <laughs> well, it's that's what <laughs> certainly what we're we're learning because we have, due to our particular day jobs, which we're not going to go into. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paid as a hired assassin for the federal government. Oh, shit, Shh, don't talk about it. But <laughs> anyway. We've got particular times where we can do things. We still don't know that you're not sick because of ricin. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, <laughs> as soon as I stop cooking that sweet blue shit, the targets will be <laughs> off me, but the money's too sweet right now. So, But yeah, we've got specific scheduling problems where there are just certain things that we can't do. Right. And one of them is New York Comic Con. That's sort of the obvious backup to which, San Diego. Which, you know, is now larger in terms of attendance than San Diego was. Yeah, it is. Um but it's just it's at a bad time of year for us. Yeah. And you know, frankly, it sounds like it it takes all the planning and crowding headaches for San Diego Comic-Con and replicates them only without the nice weather and nice people from fucking it San puts Diego. You in New York, yeah. You know, and quite frankly, I'm from fucking Boston, man. <laughs> the idea of spending five days in New York, it sounds like one of those interesting sentences that those weird judges give you. You know, the, the kind who like puts kids in stocks for doing graffiti. <laughs> you know, just Oh, sentences as opposed to sentences one should complete, like fill in the blank. Well, no, you should complete it because otherwise you go to jail. But <laughs> but uh, no, like, like a court sentence. It's right, a... right. Like something you're kind of forced something to do. Something punitive. You know, God damn it, sir, you've been found guilty of yelling Yankees suck on the subway, so I sentence you to five days in Midtown Manhattan. <laughs> May God have mercy on your filthy soul. So it's just, <laughs> as good as that convention sounds like it has gotten, it, there was no way it was going to work out. My original backup plan was to to look at Heroes Con in North Carolina, which I've heard is really pretty solid, 
but the snow kind of fucked up days that you and I could potentially get away. Right. Um, and the other downside to that is it's in June and it's in North Carolina. I hear it gets warm in the South. Yeah, it, it sounds like as much a convention as a novel way to permanently reduce your sperm count. Yeah. So. Yeah. Although I, I do understand that uh, Carolina has good barbecue. Well, and we... Can... Something called uh, pig slapping or something. Um, I don't think that that's a euphemism for hitting cops. You keep on using that word. I do Pork not think slapping. it means what you think it means. Pig slapping. Yeah. Pig slapping. <laughs> <laughs> I could go to a website and in 10 seconds show you that you're wrong. You're I, dead fucking wrong. I don't think I am. <laughs> Jesus. Why would Anthony Bourdain lie to me? Oh, God. I want you guys to go out there and protect your balls at any cost. It's not what you think it is. Pig pulling? That's even worse. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're just digging a hole, man. Siri, tell me about pig pulling. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> this is a family fucking show, goddamn you. So, yeah, once it hit home, that okay, we're not going to be able to do San Diego. Like I said, we had done some research, and we have figured out what regional convention we're actually going to be able to go to what you're looking at your phone you looked up pig slapping didn't you it says pig slapper kit i'm I'm afraid to click it <laughs> who needs a kit maybe some vaseline but all right you're derailing this show <laughs> with your filthy pig slapping <laughs> stop this bullshit i'll look at it later god <laughs> damn it quit smiling you idiot you're supposed to be a professional pay attention stay on point Pig slapping. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, but I'm sorry. Please. Uh, I don't know. What was I talking about? <laughs> Seeing in the dark? <laughs> Throwing uh, up? <laughs> no, no. We were talking about how we can't get to the con convention in North Carolina because weather. Yeah, so we've identified the the convention that we're going to be able to, to go to, to to do some additional coverage beyond the, beyond the Boston Comic Con. Yes. So. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas. Half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. So yes, we're doing C2E2 uh, in Chicago, uh, April 24th through the 26th. Yes. Now, first of all, because of these same scheduling issues, we're only going to be able to cover Friday and Saturday there. We have to come back to Boston on Sunday, so we're going to miss the, the Sunday program. Yes. Um, we will likely be releasing shows from the convention on Saturday and Sunday, and right now we're planning to do a, a wrap-up show with some more audio. We've got some additional portable audio recording stuff, so we're hoping to get audio from, from a bunch of panels there. But, yeah, that's going to kind of take the, the home studio and the mixing board and everything to be able to put it together. So sometime during the week uh, after C2E2, we'll probably have a wrap-up show with some more specific stuff. Yes. Because, yeah, frankly, the following Sunday is the, the week of Avengers Age of Ultron, and we've already got... Kind of a special show plan for that one. So, um, we saw some uh, video footage from previous conventions out in Chicago, and it looks it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like it's a, a pretty big venue. Yeah, well, it's it, part of the decision was you and I have never been to Chicago. No. Um, and, and I, but I, I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and and I love the Blues Brothers, <laughs> and uh, apparently in parts of the city they love murder. So we need to. <laughs> That was the weird thing about this, with everything you hear about what's, what goes on in Chicago. It's like, okay, let's overlay a murder map with, 
where the McCormick Center is. It, it looks like we're going to uh, Chicago's version of what we have in Boston for Faneuil Hall and Downtown Crossing, which is to say the tourist mecca portion of the city. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. I can live with that. Yeah, I, I'm all for authenticity, but when authenticity is a bullet in the face, I, I think I'll stay on our first trip to the city. I'm kind of bummed because it looks like the Cubs are going to be away that week. I would have liked to have gone to Wrigley Stadium. What? We, we've got the Red Sox, Amanda. When it comes to Doom teams, surely you can remember what it's like. Well, yeah, but you know, sometimes you just kind of want to, you know, wallow around in some nostalgia, I guess. <laughs> That's all right. There's potentially a White Sox game <laughs> with the Indians and Tito Francona, who used to manage the Sox in 2004 and True. 2007. So, look, we're, we're wasting geek cred by talking about specifics about baseball. Um, <laughs> so, d- d- doesn't the address for for Wrigley Stadium come up in the Blues Brothers? It's ten sixty West Addison. See, all right, how so can it, you not know that? Because I just wanted to tie it back to it's not necessarily about sports. There, it, it's it's related to the movie. Like, okay, I can live with that. That's fine. <laughs> but so yeah, it's uh, we're we're going out a couple days ahead of time to actually try and enjoy Chicago because yeah, we've got time up front. Unfortunately, we just don't have the the back end time to do the last day of the the convention. Right. And God help us, we're taking the Amtrak out there. We are. We are. We're going to be on a on train. Well, that that's the weird thing, since we're planning this really pretty close to when the convention is, which is not our normal plan for when we do stuff with, you know, San Diego. you got to do it months and months ahead of time. Here we had about three weeks. So, yeah, the flight to Chicago, only about $20 less expensive than taking the train out with, like, a sleeper car. You yeah. know, a sleeper car where you can bring your own liquor <laughs> and the food is paid for. So, a sleeper car where apparently the toilet is right next to one of the seats. Yeah, well, you said you wanted to do more shit together. What do you want oh, from me? God. But There was a bad Saturday Night Live sketch about that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, all right. <laughs> can we can we not go there? I'm really not feeling well. Bad things are happening during this show. We're picking the wrong time to talk about some of these subjects. Sorry. But, but yeah, it's, it was the weird thing. It usually takes us months to put together the plan to do san diego and this one was okay number one do do we have the money okay putting together the plan to go to c2e2 took 20 minutes yeah it was i opened up four or five tabs of my browser we did the passes we did the hotel we did the train we did the plane and we were done and we were at the bar and that we were at the bar (laughs) you know compared to twice this winter i spent two hours in front of my computer at my day job hoping to get into a waiting room <laughs> yeah it, it's unbelievable that it, it it's, it's kind of unbelievable that it can be this easy yeah and the weird thing is and granted we have not been there everything is based on their website and some videos that we found but what i'm seeing reminds me a lot of what comic-con was like a decade ago yeah you got a ton of big comic names, you know, just some Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, Dan Slott, David Finch, Jonathan Hickman, Rick Remender, Scott Snyder, Stan Lee. Although I'm pretty sure if I went into the bathroom and said Excelsior three times, Stan Lee would show up. Very likely. And probably take credit for saying Excelsior into a mirror three fucking times. But, yeah. But, and yeah, there's a bunch more. There's some TV people there. The, the Haley Atwell from, uh, Agency Agent Carter. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Jason Momoa. Yeah. Aquaman. <laughs> uh, 
team thud <laughs> when we when we watched the first season of Game of Thrones and we were unfamiliar with Mr. Momoa's work. <laughs> he just at some point during the first season I thud looked smash. At, I looked at Amanda and said he looks like his name should be Thud. <laughs> it's true. So which is the entire season we were saying we're team Thud. God bless God bless Thud. <laughs> thud the Conqueror. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, uh, Jewel State from Firefly. Yep. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan is there for some fucking reason. Um, because. Yeah, but <laughs> but other, there's no big movie people, which is fine because, you know, again, the first year we went was 2006, and it was a big deal that year that there was a movie star there. Samuel L. Right. Jackson was there for Snakes on a Plane. But, you know, for some of us, Bruce Campbell who was there for the DVD release of Briscoe County Jr. Yeah. That was a big deal. That we, was a big deal. We tried like hell to get into that fucking panel. I was so crushed when we couldn't get into that panel. Well, it's, it's a weird thing when it's your first big comic convention and you miss something. Yeah. There's this feeling of, I'll never get to do it again. <laughs> Nine years in a row. <laughs> and then now we're going to a different big one. You get to do these things again. Yeah. Well, I don't think Bruce Campbell's going to this one, but that's early yeah. yet. I guess it's not really that early. It's only in a month. He goes to a lot of conventions. I'm sure we will cross paths with him again at some point. Yes. But yeah, it's it's just it's weird. In my head, it's like, okay, we're leaving in July. No, this isn't like three weeks. It's just the the big convention is always July in my head. Yeah. So but uh and yeah, it, there's still there's nothing like the programming at San Diego Comic Con. There just there isn't. The sheer number of rooms and the number right. of days and the the type of guests they get now. There's really nothing that you can compare it to, but yeah, it, I'd kind of gotten used to the idea, like I said a little earlier, that there's San Diego, and then there's little things like Boston Comic-Con. Right. And that's really not the case, because C2E2 has their schedule up already. Yeah, they've got quite a bit of programming. Yeah, it's a... And uh, yeah, we printed out... We, we just took a look at stuff that's on Friday and Saturday, because again, we we just can't cover Sunday. But, uh, yeah, and we just sort of skimmed through it. But, yeah, there's a ton of stuff going on. It looks like there's five or six different rooms. Yeah, and, and they've got, um, you know, a lot of the kind of comics panel stuff that you would expect. So there's stuff from Marvel and DC and Image and IDW about their various books and events and creator-owned properties in some cases. Uh, there's also... Um, an interesting focus, there's a lot of, of very kid-friendly programming. Not that there isn't that necessarily at San Diego, but San Diego tends to, like, Sunday is Kids Day. Yeah, so, they, they tend to focus it all, yeah, just in that sort of short period of time. So here you've got things where it's like, you know, the superhero and you. Imagine you could be a superhero of your own making. What would your special powers be? And they do a lot of stuff with theater and improv to work with the kids on that. There's a... There's a Spanish and Chinese immersion program every day for kids if you want to bring them by and get them more culturally um, immersed in certain things. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah, uh, Totus Lingua, a uh, licensee of the language workshop for children, provides a playful Spanish and Chinese immersion experience for children six months to nine years old. <laughs> well, I mean, Jesus, the, the very first panel listed here on Friday is educators making educational comics. Why should the pros have all the fun? Yeah, there's that. There was, there's stuff about how to build your library if you're a library curator. Um, it, it there's a lot of really cool looking 
panels at how to fight with a lightsaber, which I thought really was just you get drunk and you find a parking lot that's reasonably well lit, but away from the cops. Which has always worked for us, quite frankly. Yeah, but you know, if there's better technique out there, I'm I'm open. I'm down. <laughs> I think the first technique they would advise is put the beer down and quit wheezing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, but I mean, the other kind of cool thing, because yeah, there's, and again, you don't get this at, Boston Comic-Con has become a pretty decent, fun little convention, but the programming they have is like, okay, here is our Marvel panel, period. Here's our DC panel, period. Whereas C2E2 seems to have much more of a various panels for various subjects within the big publishers. Yes. The way San Diego does. And the other cool thing about this is this will be happening halfway through convergence from DC and right at the start of secret wars. Right. So any announcements they have could be legitimate clues to where things might go and what might come out of the backside of, of all of this. Yeah. Whereas when we go for, these sorts of panels at San Diego is more just what they tease for the fall events. Right. Yeah. So being smack in the middle of something will be kind of cool. I'll be looking forward to watching particularly DC kind of squirm because they'll be dead in the center of convergence. Yeah. And Emerald uh, City is happening this weekend. And the big news out of that for the talking point, Marvel is swearing up and down that Secret Wars is not a reboot. Yeah. Because Marvel doesn't reboot. Their shit doesn't stink. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck else you can call Secret Wars but a reboot. Um, it's it's that's not fair. Don't it's too early to come back. Uh, <laughs> please don't start mixing your rap metaphors again. You tried Can't that earlier. Help it. I'm so white. Yeah. You, what, what was it you did? Don't call it a comeback. Straight out of Compton. I don't know. Yeah, LL Ice Cool J. Kool Aid. <laughs> You're gonna get us fucking murdered. Shut up. <laughs> but. So yeah, I mean, Marvel has their, uh, and a lot of the panels here look similar to the ones in San Diego. Their first one is the House of Ideas. Beer uh, and comics, beer and comics. Like every day, there's a beer and comics panel. I don't, I well, don't know anything about it other than it seems to involve beer and comics. Which we're going to, I guarantee you. But I gotta, you know. Ten... I believe it's CB Sabulski and and beer. All right. Well, maybe I won't go. <laughs> Let me go through this in order because I got like 10 pages worth of shit here and you got 10 pages and I don't know where that panel is. Um, everywhere. <laughs> Just because we have beer everywhere doesn't mean it's their highest priority, God damn it. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I mean, the, the House of Ideas, which is always, that's always like the first Marvel panel and it always yeah. seems to be where they talk about digital fucking comics, which digital comics do nothing for me, but then again, we're fortunate enough to live in a place where the nearest comic store is a block and a half away. Ooh, Yoga Quest. You shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, a bunch of a-holes. Can't go with that. It's going to conflict with the Marvel Secret Wars panel. Yeah, have some goddamn priorities, <laughs> for fuck's sake. All right, here's something I'm interested in on Saturday. Okay. It's uh, Mark Wade and Bill Willingham. Um, that one looked good. Yeah. Having a debate on various issues in comics. And it's called Mark and Bill Fix Comics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the description on that one? It says Mark Wade and Bill Willingham don't quite see eye to eye on everything, including what's wrong in their chosen field and how to fix it. In this hour, they'll literally draw subjects from a hat and vigorously, respectfully, and one hopes, entertainingly debate those issues. If they finish everything in the hat, comics is fi- fixed at last and the audience takes them out for beer. 
Again with the beer. I know. I'm beginning to like the idea of this convention more and more. Yeah. But, and, uh, yeah, I mean, here's one of the DC ones, the new, C, the new DC universe that on Friday. What can we expect from DC Comics next? Uh, come join some of DC's best and brightest creators. They discuss upcoming titles, bold new directions in the future of the DC universe. Yeah. Halfway through Convergence, they got to be telling us some shit by then. They've got um, their Batman panel, which is Caped Crusaders, Dynamic Duos, and Darkest Nights, which is going to have... This is DC's uh, Batman panel. Want to know what it takes to defend Gotham City from the endless darkness and corruption. A machine gun. (laughs) Some of the hottest talent behind Dark Knight Detective and his growing cast of Batman family as they discuss the heroes who protect Gotham from evil. That's got Ben Templesmith, Brian Buccalato, James Tinney and the Fourth, Patrick Gleason, and Scott Snyder. Yeah, so we'll definitely try to make that one. On the other hand, though, if we can't get into that, here's an example of... Where they've just got like kind of unique programming on it. I would, we wouldn't have seen something like this necessarily in San Diego. Kids programming. Barrel of Monkeys presents That's Weird Grandma. That's Weird Grandma is a variety show of short plays written by third, fourth, and fifth graders and performed by professional actors. So it's, it's Axe Cop, but in theaters. Yeah. In a theater. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's, while the show is written by elementary age students, it's consistently enjoyed by all ages, and it ranges from sketches and songs and movement pieces, and it just sounds neat. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if we can't get into Batman. Yeah. But, yeah, here's the Lightsaber Academy one. Uh, learn how to wield this impressive weapon with style from stage combat instructor and edge theater director Orion Cooling. Okay. Orion Cooling. What kind of parents would name their kid that? Edge will teach you how to slash, parry, and disarm, even how to utilize the force. That's got to be the machine gun. But <laughs> you uh, end up with a fight scene to perform at will, whereupon you'll be beaten unconscious by the Chicago Police Department. <laughs> Academy requires energy and the desire to move. Yeah, all right, we're not going to that one. But <laughs> perfect for the young Padawan as well as his or her Jedi slash Sith mentor. His or her Jedi slash Sith slash fat slash drunk <laughs> slash middle age slash I think I need to sit down mentor. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy needs a beer. <laughs> they'll provide practice sabers or you can bring your own. And that's a sad thing. We've got our own. Yeah. And we're taking a train. So we'd probably be able to get them to the city. We just have to like ship them home. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't do that. The only only scene from the movies I could do is that last one where Luke is just bashing on Darth Vader <laughs> because it requires no skill whatsoever. It's just an overhand chopping motion. <laughs> and after about five chops, Vader goes down and then I could go have a smoke someplace. <laughs> it's all I could handle. But um, How to Fight Like a Hero, an in-depth analysis of modern martial tactics. This is uh, Saturday. Oh, this, this sounds much more geared toward my interests. <laughs> uh, Saturday at 2.15. Join us for an exciting demonstration that examines the theories of how modern crime fighters would actually engage in close combat situations. The techniques of martial artists such as Batman, Daredevil, Batgirl, Elektra, and Kato will be explored in depth. <laughs> you want to know my technique? Show temples. Show temples. It's about all I could handle. <laughs> Oh, but I don't get to play the you suck the joy out of everything clip after that. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll do it on your behalf. Wait, I got to find it. There we go. You just want to suck the joy out of everything. You're right. I'm a terrible person. Thanks for the downer. <laughs> hey, anytime you want to run the board, I'm more than happy to teach you. I uh, just spilled you, shit. You will it. find the siren song of the sound clips. <laughs> it's hard to stay away from them. 
So um, there's the there's gonna be a Marvel Secret Wars Battle World panel that's at two forty five on Saturday. Yep. Uh, Image Comics, and Image is seems to be doing what they did uh, last year at San Diego, which is a series of panels based on particular books or creators or just moods. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've got one. This is basically their Jonathan Hickman panel, Manhattan Projects and East of West. Okay. And I kind of want to go to that one because I really like Manhattan Projects. East of West never really grabbed me, but if they do them in the right order, we can catch half the panel. Uh, there's one for Fight Club 2, for those folks that are interested in that. There is a certain amount of buzz around that. Um, See, I'm <laughs> I'm not sure because I never read the book. So unless it's Fight Club 2 based on the movie, I'm not sure what differences are there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But you could probably find out at the panel. <laughs> I guess, but... I don't know, where does Project Mayhem go after Tyler Durden eats a bullet? Spoilers? Tyler Durden eats a bullet. <laughs> There's breaking into comics the Marvel way. Steal from Jack Kirby. I, oh, shit. Did I say that out loud? Fuck. Avoid talking shit about Dan Slott. <laughs> I would not do that. <laughs> and then they got a few spotlights. There's a Dan Snyder Q&A on Friday. Yep. There's a Marvel the next big thing at uh, 4 o'clock on Saturday. Is that a euphemism? No, no. It's discussion of Star Wars, uh, lowdown on Howard the Duck, Spider Gwen, and more. Yeah. All right. We'll <laughs> we'll probably be at that one. And the I swear to God, it happens. It's happened for the last six years at San Diego. Apparently, it happens in Chicago also. Avatar Press and Max Brooks. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if Bill Christensen at Avatar has something on Brooks or vice versa, <laughs> but by God, they're at each other's panels. And yeah. they're entertaining. Well, and I, I really like Avatar books, so I, I want to go to that panel. But There's also a Max Brooks panel on Saturday at 4.15, his uh, Zombies versus Vampires Extinction Panel, Extinction Parade panel. And see, I really like that book. So I probably want to go to that one, too. It's it's Except easy to say. It, it overlaps with the uh, Marvel next big thing. Well, all right. like 15 minutes. It'll be one or the other. Yeah. Make your own wings. You know. What, like In case you want to feel wings? pretty, I guess. Uh, oh, no, it's for children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let children handle a deep fat fryer? What the fuck are you talking about? Build and take home your own beautiful wings. This easy no-so class is limited to 15 participants. Okay. There's also ones for making your own ears and tail. <laughs> Somebody was giving booze to these goddamn things. <laughs> what? Never mind. There are people with priorities in their life that are not mine, and that's cool. Um. So, oh, um, five fifteen. There's something called your opinion sucks, which is Rotten Tomatoes critics versus fans, and. Okay. That is face off with your favorite Rotten Tomatoes critics when they join editor in chief Matt. I'm gonna butcher this person's last name, Matt Achtiti. Achtiti. Uh, I don't know. And senior editor Gray Drake. And you you were on Popcorn Mafia's podcast once upon a time when yeah. she was part of that. Yeah. So um, I haven't seen Gray in a while. That might be fun. Along with their editorial team. So that could be interesting. Oh god. How to be a nerd for a living. There's no money in this shit. What's like, wrong with you? I need to go you? to a panel for that. <laughs> yeah. There's no money in this. It's a it's a trick. It's a grift. It's <laughs> bullshit. Oh, there's another another uh, another viewing of Late Saber Academy. 
at 5.45. I just won't have the energy after I destroy at Lightsaber Academy 1. See, that that starts to cut dangerously into the time where I need to start getting drunk because we have a 3 a.m. like wake up the next morning for, oh. the, for the plane. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we will do what we have to to get decent coverage. By yes. God. Um, and yeah, here's, here's Image Comics, another one uh, about humor. So, I mean, and that's the one with like, uh, what's funnier than funny books? Humor and comics go hand in hand. And Ryan, God hates astronauts brown. Scotty, I hate fairyland young. And Chip, sex criminals at our ski specialize in jokes that range from the bluest of blue to perfectly silly. What does it take to make someone crack a smile? Come see. Dick jokes. Well, yeah, as, <laughs> as a couple of former stand-up comedians, yeah, show me. <laughs> but um, There's also a horror comics panel on Saturday at 6.30 um, with Eric Powell, Tim Seeley, Mike Norton, and Scott Alley. Um, I'm a sucker for Powell's book, so I'll, I'll want to see that one. Yeah. N- want to know what I won't want to see? What? Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, the live podcast. Ah, uh, yes. Here's, is... <laughs> here's the fucking deal. Uh, so we go to our first Comic-Con, 2006. <laughs> um, this was the year of Clerks 2. I had not yet seen a Kevin Smith movie that I didn't love. He's been, was one of my favorite filmmakers from the 90s up until then. At the time, he did not have the Saturday evening panel he always had. This is going to be a, a Friday or Saturday afternoon in Hall H, the big room. Uh, and at the time, I smoked cigarettes. I smoked lots of cigarettes. I smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. Now, Hall H was not what it eventually became with you know people who love sparkly vampires camping out overnight to get into panels. But even in 2006, it was a big deal. And if you wanted to get to your panel, it was pretty conventional wisdom. You had to at least go into the panel ahead of time, which we did and which was entertaining. It was actually a panel for... Uh, Grindhouse with Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, and it was the first time we'd heard of it, and they showed footage, and they're like, wow, that's great. And we were all excited after that. The panel ends, and we wait. (laughs) And we wait, and we wait, and we wait, and my nicotine levels are dropping, and dropping, (laughs) and dropping. And after about, was it half an hour, 45 minutes, somebody finally comes out on the stage and says, ooh, Kevin's running late. Uh, He may be here in about an hour or something. He might have to reschedule. At that point, I'd not had a cigarette in about two or three hours. I stood up and literally both hands flipped off this poor woman on the (laughs) stage, stormed out. He wound up having to reschedule. We swung by and the room was full. The next year, (laughs) that was the year Reaper um, yeah, was on TV and Smith had directed the pilot. So there was supposed to be a panel where he was talking about the pilot and he was going to be there. And we swing by the room that's supposed to be there and there's a big sign and it's misspelled. <laughs> it says, Raper canceled. Oh, I shouldn't laugh. But... <laughs> and I said, indeed. And at that point, <laughs> at that point I swore as much as I, and as the years have gone on. Well, then he just showed up randomly one time at um, the DC panel that we we're at because he, I think it was for the widening gyre. He just sort of randomly showed up to make an announcement. Oh, yeah, announcing that pile of shit. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, when we want to see you, you don't show up. When we don't give a shit, ah, we can't get rid of you. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I swore at that point, it's like, I'm not going out of my way to see Kevin Smith ever again. And the guy does some fun podcasts. He does. Um, do I need to see a movie about a dude turned into a walrus? I do not. <laughs> Clerks 3, bring it on. Mallrats 2, 
bring on Clerks 3. We'll see how I feel about Mallrats <laughs> 2. But uh, plus, at least at San Diego, that shit's free. Yeah. It's part of your ticket. With this, this is a specific ticketed event. You got to pay extra to do it. Wait, uh, does that give him any more incentive to show up on time? Uh, <laughs> anything's <laughs> possible, but it is opposite the beer and comics panel. So. Ooh, yeah, see. So yeah, that's that's not a thing that will happen. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's there's definitely some cool stuff going on. Yeah, a wide variety of cool cool stuff also, because I feel in in Boston that it's nice that they have panels, but that's definitely an area that they got to work on. Uh, yeah, I mean the last two years that we've gone to it, it's been they they clear the room out in between panels and so you can't see two back to back and you really have to be selective about it and that's a little bit tricky when there's only about six or eight panels yeah you know, and they per... put you in rooms with like obstructed view so you can't see necessarily even if you're in there yeah so it's uh, i'm glad they have programming but yeah, and frankly i was kind of surprised to see that c2e2 which has only existed for about five years yeah now it had this kind of depth of programming, so I think we should be able to get some some cool some stuff, cool stuff and, yeah, and have some fun shows both there and and afterwards, and possibly wings. <laughs> Again, buffalo. What? No, no ones that make you fly. <laughs> we were somewhere around Barstow, on the edge of the desert, when the drugs began to take hold. Yeah, I don't think I need to worry too much about wings. <laughs> so yes, certainly uh, the week of the show. Uh, Stay tuned. Consider subscribing to our podcast feed because there'll be two or three extra bonus shows uh, that weekend and at least one the following week with uh, hopefully some cool stuff and some cool cool audio. Like yes. I said, picked up some, well, have on order some portable recording equipment that should be a little bit better than the little speaker on my video camera. <laughs> so we'll hope for the best. I want to think good thoughts. And ultimately, I think the takeaway from this is everybody in the whole free fucking world wants to go to San Diego Comic Con, and I'm not going to take myself out of that. No. Next week, we're going to next week, next year, we're going to try like hell to go back to it, right? Because there really isn't anything like it. But that's really over the last ten years or so what it was back in two thousand five, six. Well, we can't address five, six or seven. Yeah, there are other conventions out there that are at least that big and considering we were never going to we never went to san diego thinking oh awesome we can see movie stars it was no awesome we can go to one of the biggest comic conventions in the world there are other big comic conventions around right so certainly the object lesson in this and certainly we're not going to know until we get there but based on what we've seen there are some really big good conventions around and it could be the theory that San Diego was the tide that raised all ships. I've said it before, but one way or the other, I don't give a shit. There's a cool convention that we're actually going to be able to go to that, again, we booked it and we were done in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So and that's kind of awesome. So yeah, even if there's not one in your town. And, and the other tricky thing is part of why we started going to this is Amanda and I are not travelers. I, in particular, am not a traveler. When I go someplace, <laughs> unless there's something specific to do there, I say, where's the nearest cool bar? And I'm done. I'm done for the day. I at least seek out an interesting restaurant or two. And they better have beer, and then that's <laughs> fine. So, yeah, I mean, 
we're hoping to get from this, yeah, some culture from a city we haven't been to before where the rubber hits the road when it hits the weekend. Here's some structured stuff that doesn't involve beer, except for the panel about beer. <laughs> so everybody wins on that one. And possibly the, the Mark Wade and uh, Bill Willingham panel may involve beer. I will. I'll bring them a 12 pack as long as I can have eight of them. <laughs> Didn't you try that once with the band Too Much Joy and you weren't able to get the beers to the stage and then you had to drink all of them? Uh, yeah, what's the downside? <laughs> the downside was that was in fucking New York and I shouldn't go back there. <laughs> I've never seen a man so angry at not being able to find a proper sausage sandwich at one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for getting sandwich in there real good. Um, <laughs> How are we doing on time? Because I am not feeling great. Uh, 56 minutes have elapsed. Okay. Why don't we talk about a couple comics? And Okay. You know, again, I'm sorry that this show's a little bit short, and I'm sorry it's a little bit all over the place and not as well put together as some are. I'm doing the best I fucking can, I'm sorry you're not feeling well. You're not, you know what would help with that? What? Some pig slapping. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> they talked the bar! <laughs> the whole fucking bar! I just hit the first button. I could. That had nothing <laughs> to do with anything. Start mashing your face into the keyboard. <laughs> I may face plan into it. But all right, which book do you want to talk about first? Oh, either of them. Um, you pick. Do it. Pick. You know what? Let's start with Darth Vader because the other one, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, we may have a difference of opinion in the other one. Um, all right. So, yes, Darth Vader number three, uh, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Salvatore uh, LaRocca. LaRocca. Yep. Um, this comic book belongs in a museum. God damn it. <laughs> you think so? What's did you not pick up on the references? Um it's, I, 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 we, we have <laughs> we have a new character, yes. uh, Afra. Uh all right. Well, oh, so she's like an Indiana Jones kind of She is totally fucking Indiana Jones. All right. So the the basic plot is we meet this character, uh Dr. Afra who is in the middle of attempting to steal uh, the triple zero personality matrix for a droid, uh, is caught out by apparently her arch enemy and Darth Vader intervenes and saves her with the purpose of using her to build some interesting droids in the future. Yeah. Now that's a plot. The character totally Indiana Jones. Yeah. You know, we've got the whole riff when she gets caught. This belongs in an armory. Yeah. You now when she sets off, when she sets off the booby traps trying to get out. <laughs> That's true. Uh, spoilers abound, by the way. I'm sorry, I'm about two minutes too late on it. Um, oh yeah, there's like a big yeah, there's shit cannonball looking thing. Shit shooting at her, <laughs> and she's in front of the rolling uh, attack droid. droid, just like the Boulder and Raiders. Yeah. She just jumps out. Her ship, called the Archangel, but A R K. Uh -huh. Like Ark, as in Ark of the Covenant. Right. Uh, she's got a special hat. It's not as cool as Indiana Jones's no, hat, but still, hat. it's a very silly hat. Uh, and, and this is more of a Han Solo than an Indiana Jones reference. But Afra's inability to decide how to address Vader. The, yes. The, the Lord, your illustriousness. Uh, yeah, illustriousness or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's pure Han Solo. And yeah, it, I am just I'm waiting for some dipshit with a lightsaber for her to just pull the gun and shoot him in the face. <laughs> that will probably be in the next issue. But yeah, she's totally supposed to be Indiana Jones. And that was kind of fun. Yeah, I can see that. Um, what I liked about this was the, the evil riff on uh, the, 
three PO and R two doppelgangers <laughs> that are that are murderous and evil. <laughs> Frankly, they in my notes here, the notes I did manage to take, I put kinda delightful. It was kinda, kinda delightful. <laughs> well it's yeah, you've got triple zero, it was a protocol droid. He's just as prissy and obsequious around people as C three PO is. But clearly, he, he may still just kill you in spite of that and in spite of himself. Because it's in his programming. Yeah. Uh, you've got this R2-looking unit anyway. He's got just as many gadgets and gigaws that R2 ever had. You know, yeah. like R2 always had what he needed. <laughs> you know, he gets thrown in the swamp in Dagobah. He's got a little periscope. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, shit, we need a... Uh, power coupling we've got to the point where he could fly in the damn prequels when he needed to right you know this one he was just designed to be a killer you know and has everything he needs to kill a guy yeah yeah he's you know, he's got some stuff that would make war machine like jealous yeah and and just <laughs> like r2 r2 always was sort of characterized like I know uh, just a little bit more than everybody else and I know a little bit more about what I actually have to do here um, and because of that, he sometimes looked willful and willing to ignore, you know, the people around him. Uh, this BT one droid, that's a say he was designed to be a killer, wound up killing the people who made him that way. That's as willful <laughs> as R2 ever was. Yeah. Oh yeah. You now imagine if R2 had a rocket launcher stuffed <laughs> up his ass. I think R2 would feel a little badly about that. <laughs> yes, he would, but. You know, give him the triple zero matrix. He'll be blasting people in the groin <laughs> with his fire extinguisher, whatever. But, um, yeah, another, this is ultimately. It's also got a restraining bolt. She gave it a restraining bolt. <laughs> can't hurt, right? Yeah. But ultimately, this is a comic book about an evil, all but, it's not even all but. He's an unstoppable killing machine. We know nothing stops him in between anything in the end of. Return of the Jedi. Right. Book like that needs a little levity. Yeah. You know, it it just does. So, yeah, Afra definitely is adding some lightness. It looks like Triple Zero and BT-1 are also going to add some, too. So just give a, a little bit of a light touch around this horribly grave, murderous... I don't want to say psychopath, but I suppose you've got enough people with a lightsaber. You get a little lector in you. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't not read Triple Zero's dialogue in anything other than Anthony Daniels' voice. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like written enough, that clearly just as prissy <laughs> and you know, terribly fastidious, but he'll he'll gut you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he might say sorry after. You can't kill them. They're our masters. Also, who would clean up the mess? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Now, the one thing that didn't do anything for me was the uh, the whole we need to go to Genosis thing. Well, because it, it calls back to stuff in the prequels, and the prequels slid off my brain like Teflon. Well, yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I own Attack of the Clones. I've owned it in two different formats. Of all the prequels, it's the one I've seen the most. Yeah. Because that's the first movie I was ever able to download <laughs> uh, off the internet. And yeah, back when that movie came out, if you weren't around at the time, it leaked about a week before it actually came out. So yeah. just learning how to get it and put it onto something I could watch it on. I wound up watching it a lot. And I still had to Google that that's the planet where 
Anakin and Padme and Obi Wan were in the uh, the gladiator pit and right. where the uh, the Clone Wars actually started. Yes, and, and it's the the planet where he lost his hand against Dooku. Yes. Now I don't know if anything else happened there. I've never seen any of the Clone War cartoons except for one or two of the original Jendi Tartakovsky. I never know how to pronounce that. No, <laughs> the Tartakovsky or something like that. The, the the real original ones that were just on Cartoon Network. Yeah. It's like 10-minute clips. Um, so I don't know if anything else happens there. but There There is a Star Wars wiki page, so okay, can always check that. <laughs> but, so yeah, it's... Yeah, plus, I just kind of want to pretend the prequels never fucking happened. Yeah. I mean, is that not why Disney hired J.J. Abrams? <laughs> And ignored George Lucas's story advice for episode seven. One would think. Is it too much to fucking ask that, just like in my Blu-ray set, I just flip past them like they're bonus material that's not <laughs> canon and I don't really need to pay attention to? I, I think I think that they will probably try to cherry pick from the stuff that sucks the least. I would... <laughs> If you're going to the prequels, you're already on your heels, so that's the decision that you're making. Well, The Clone Wars, as I recall, was the strongest of those three movies. Uh, Attack of the Attack, Clones? I'm sorry, Attack of the Clones. It's hard to say, because I really... I saw Phantom Menace, I think I've seen it maybe three times. That one sucked Maybe the most. four. I saw it twice in the theater. Yeah. Uh, and I think once when I got it on DVD, and I may have seen it one other time since then. Attack of the Clones, I probably saw five or six times just by dint of obtaining it and putting it in formats yeah uh revenge of the sith i may have only seen twice see but, but by that time anakin is in full-on snuffling emo wank mode and and screaming about no i killed padme and or whatever yeah actually i have seen that twice i saw it once the first time we went to see it in the theater the second time was really only about two or three months ago I came across, and I don't even know whose it was, but some fan edit oh, on yeah, YouTube yeah. that really, yeah, cut the whole thing down to, actually, I think it was all three movies. Yeah, into one. Yeah, and completely, like, only, it started at the very end of Phantom Menace. Yep. And, uh, yeah, cut everything down. So, yeah, that's the last time I've seen any of uh, of Revenge of the Sith. It's look, man, I'm Generation X. <laughs> I won't go as far as, you know, George Lucas in my childhood, but those movies fucking blew and I don't want them. Right. So, yeah, w whatever. Clearly, we are meant to believe that the Genosha trip weighs on Vader due to the pacing of the panels. And I'm just finding it hard to give a shit. Yeah. I, I want more. <laughs> I want more with the crazy Indiana Jones lady and the evil robots. Yes, but if they could get rid of the stupid hat. <laughs> Not everybody gets a gets a fedora baby. It's like this weird, like, I, I don't even know. It's like they gave her an old school sleeping cap with, like, Princess Leia muffins on the side. <laughs> Princess Leia muffins. Write that one down. That's got potential. So, so yeah, that... That reveal didn't really do anything for me, but yeah, these three characters were a hell of a lot of fun. Yes. So, anything else on this one? Or no, it's just I'm I'm curious to see where it's going to go. Yeah, absolutely. 
So let's move on to the other one that I think we may have differences of opinion on. Okay. Um, first of all, this is a new book by a new publisher whose name I forget. Can you tell me on the uh, the cover who the publisher of this one is? Well, it's it's an IDW. Oh, it's a it's an imprint of IDW. Yeah, Lion Forge. Okay, and it is a Miami Vice remix. It is. It is. <laughs> it's uh, Joe Casey is the writer, and Jim Mafood is the artist and letters. Yep, and uh, it, it is Miami Vice, Crockett and Tubbs or. Are- Trying to infiltrate the Mendez smuggling operation while the Calderones are in direct competition, and that is exactly all that you will recognize from the TV show Miami Vice. I will say that Justin Stewart does an excellent job um, adhering to the color palette that was made famous by Miami Vice in the late eighties. <laughs> Up to a point, he does. However, <laughs> the the Go art. On. Jim Mafood has a highly stylized approach to his artwork and he he's i believe he did the clerks um comic books that came out after the movies yeah it it looks vaguely like something you might find from um a sam keith or (laughs) i can see that a little bit of bisley um but uh, well, I mean, just in terms of the kookiness with the glasses and heavy line, cartoony. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> this is killing you. I can tell. It's not what I would expect, based on <laughs> on on the the cinematography of the television show. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, first of all, yeah, I would expect I, something more photo referenced. Yeah. All right. <laughs> First of all, this seems to take place in some strange Miami without time. Yes. Tubbs has a flat top haircut, like, you know, with grooves cut into it, like you'd see from the 90s. Yeah, it's very fresh prints. Yeah, you know, instead of (laughs) Philip Michael's Thomas's sweet, sweet Jerry Curl from the original (laughs) series, uh, people have cell phones. Yes. Uh, but Crockett's houseboat, he's got posters of Sheena Easton and Prince like it's 1985. <laughs> but he has a cell phone in there and his cell phone's ringtone is Glenn Fry's You Belong to the City. <laughs> um, so this is in some weird modern Miami, but... That still some, has shoulder pads. Yeah, but some people are still living in the, the 80s and, or the 90s. Plus, you know, there are zombies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it it goes weird. It goes weird. Um, and T- tell me what you thought about that. I, well, my, I was, I as I read it. <laughs> Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Go on. As I read it, I was trying to figure out, in terms of Castillo talks a lot more than he ever did in the series <laughs> yeah and i want to talk about castillo in a second but um let, let's talk about the zombie gunfight between okay yeah Sonny i'm getting Crockett to that though so, like, so i'm reading this and i'm like are there certain things that ring right and then in my mind i'm like okay so this is one of those comic books where they because they they have they don't have to worry about an actual television show budget or a movie 
budget. They can take some liberties in terms of set work. So they're they're in a strip club that I don't think we would have ever seen in the show. Oh God, no! Just a, <laughs> a filthy, terrible place. Because in the show, it was always these nice, clean gentlemen's clubs yeah. with bikini models, and this is just horrible, tattooed skanks. What's it called? The Pussy, the pussy Palace? P- pussy Parlor. Pussy Parlor. Pussy Parlor. Yeah. Oh, forgive me. I don't, I don't mean to make you sound... It's next door to an exotic massage shack. Literally, it's a shack. Yeah. The, um, yeah. Hand jobs are us. <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to... I'm like, okay, so we're still playing with the idea of their undercover vice cops and people they're trying to do things to protect their their undercover identity okay i get that and then we get the zombies yeah and then we get the zombies and and i become perplexed because <laughs> i didn't see that coming i had read nothing about this book so i didn't know what i was about to read yeah <laughs> neither did i um i mean we, you there's could- another lion forge book that is just straight up like classic miami vice book this is not that book. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm like, this is really, really interesting. But there's, I have this heavy cognitive dissonance because I, I, I was very heavily invested in the show as a child. Well, I mean, so was I. It, it, it was my first appointment television. It has not remained that way. But so there's part of me that's kind of like, all right, it's it's Miami Vice Elseworlds, and then there's a part of me that's like, why did it have to be Miami Vice? It could have been any police procedural book. <laughs> yeah, but that would make it less awesome. I mean, look, take it, take it in the view of the original show. It's it's Miami, it's the South. So the idea of voodoo and a voodoo priest being a factor in the yeah. illegal drug trade makes a certain amount of sense. Oh, absolutely, and and I I could totally see that being an an episode that never quite made it to television. <laughs> yeah. But then there's a part of me that's like waiting for Constantine to show up. Yeah, but, <laughs> see, but yeah, I'm willing to take that. Yeah, this would be in the original show. But on the other hand, it's like, holy shit, Crockett and Tubbs are fighting fucking zombies. zombies. <laughs> and I-, I love that there are apparently parking lots, multi-level parking garages filled with fucking Ferrari Daytonas. <laughs> Yeah, they comment on the number of Ferraris that yeah, they total. Because they, they flip it in the gunfight with the zombies. And, and yeah, they name check it because Tubbs says, uh, you know, oh, another Ferrari fucked. Yeah. You know, again, right after the zombie gunfight with Crockett and Tubbs. But yeah, the next day they got another fresh one to, to, to chase down Leave on the Snitch. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. Yes. No, I mean. It's, it's as out there as some of this is, there are elements that you'll recognize from the show but blown completely out of proportion to the point where it's almost fucking ridiculous you know it's it, we've got somebody from crockett's past getting out of jail to settle accounts right but he's completely max katie jacked you know he looks like a fucking super villain and yeah the the meeting at the fucking pussy parlor um <laughs> you know elvis the the alligator looks good though he's, he's... <laughs> That's what you're going to latch on to? I liked Elvis. <laughs> Even Elvis was only the first couple seasons, but... but well, and and that, yeah, that, that ending with, you know, oh, Castillo's got a family member in trouble, so he, he asked Crockett and the Tubbs to do whatever it takes to get her out of it, but it's just played so over the top, it's almost fucking ridiculous. It's just it. It's like the amount of... of uh, 
of scenery chewing that this version of Castillo is doing. <laughs> but see, I fucking love that. And I, it may be just what I'm bringing to this, but... Because he never would have done this in in the show. <laughs> yeah, well, in the, yeah, in the show, he was almost dead silent and monosyllabic. Well, mostly he, he was very angry at Don Johnson all of the time and didn't well, want to be in scenes with him. <laughs> that, that, whatever's going on behind the scenes, I don't care. That, that was the character. He was completely controlled. But I mean... One of the things I like best about this book is, again, if we assume with cell phones and everything that this is now, but some people are just sort of trapped in time, he's stalking around and shrieking and throwing things. His office is a mess. It's like he's, it's like I would imagine Castillo spending 30 years (laughs) babying and spoon feeding these lunatics. (laughs) Who just leave bodies and exploded cars in their wake, and he just can't fucking take it anymore. Yeah. And if you notice, nobody else is around. Trudy and Gina and Zito and Switek, they're not there. So it's like Crockett and Tubbs, they're the only ones who haven't quit or gotten killed, and Castillo's just fucking stuck with them. <laughs> and he's like, one more shots fired report away from his left eye, filling with blood, <laughs> rolling into the back of his head. He's just gone insane from these two morons. I fucking loved it. No, I mean, I I enjoyed it. I just again, there was a, a fair amount of cognitive dissonance. <laughs> oh, there definitely there definitely was. But the minute I decided, okay, zombies, this is awesome, and I am along for this ride. I got so much more out of it. Just had so much more fun. I mean, it, it's it's like Joe Casey looked at the original Miami Vice, and if you take a back, take a look back at some of those original episodes, you've got. Rock stars showing up and the CIA's around and the KGB's behind half of it. And Phil Collins <laughs> is fucking wandering around. And James Brown is the head of a fucking UFO cult. <laughs> That's true. Might be an alien. It's like Joe Casey said, fuck it. This is never a real cop show. <laughs> so what if we just embrace this is a story where we've got these weird cops who shoot first and never ask questions and let's just have more weirder shit happen to them no, and we'll have it like they're just stuck in time and they've been doing the same shit and these people around them have to deal with it. I fucking love this book. No, it's it's true. Sheena Easton was way above Don Johnson's batting um, average. And <laughs> oh, yeah, Jesus. That's a hell of a thing to say now because uh, I'm pretty sure Sheena Easton is working at the handjob palace next to the, <laughs> next to the pussy parlor. But... Uh, this book was a fucking hoot. I, I get what you're saying about the cognitive dissonance. If you are a hardcore Miami Vice fan, this is not the book for you. You know who we should give this to, just just to see the reaction, is, oh, is I, our contributor Lance. Yes, uh, our contributor Lance Mannion, who <laughs> asked to get copies of uh, our uh, season two Miami Vice DVDs that yes. have long since sold to the comic store. Yeah, because yeah, he was he was at least as big a fan of the show as I was, so I would be curious to get his reaction. I really it's like giving life cereal to Mikey. <laughs> I I really liked the show, but it's been a long time, and yeah, I just I got such a kick out of this book. <laughs> Once I because re- I mean just the the over the top opening of it of oh to help our cover. We need to arrange damn near a shootout in the center of Miami. Right, right. Uh, okay. But yeah, the minute I saw the zombies, I'm like, okay, I think I get what you're laying down. I think I understand why Castillo's acting this way. 
yeah, no, that that puts that puts it in a good context. Although, I don't know. I. But look, this is not Miami Vice the TV show. No, it's not. It says it, Miami Vice remix. Yeah, if if that's what you want, this is not the book for you. No. If you are a hardcore Miami Vice fan, matter of fact, don't get this book. <laughs> it will probably infuriate you. But if you kind of like Miami Vice and just sort of like the vibe and want to see it jacked up to 11, God, I had fun reading this book. Lion Forge just does does have a a classic version of Miami Vice for those folks that are are fans of of the old school. They also have an Airwolf, and a Knight Rider, and a Rampage Jackson. You know what? And a Punky it, Brewster, it, and a Saved by the Bell. Give Punky Brewster to Joe Casey. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, if any of those books are as just as jacked up and over the top as this one, I'll give them a try. Because, yeah, this was, I had a lot of fun with this book. Like you, I'm like, what the hell am I looking at to start with? But once I sort of said, okay, I'll ride with it. Tell me what you got. I had a lot of fun. But, yeah, if you're a, (laughs) if you have well-worn Miami Vice DVDs. (laughs) This, this may throw you. This, this will not be the book for you, but, (laughs) but otherwise. Or it might be. I mean, if if your mind is open to it, it's all about being open to it. it. It took me. It took me out of the story, and I, but I'm willing to try to get back in there and see where it goes, because it was fucking wacky. <laughs> <laughs> it was wacky in an awesome way. Uh, all right. I, I think I need to wrap up. Okay. <laughs> are we just about done? I think we are. Okay. And again, I apologize for the, the show being a little light this week and a little bit all over the place. Uh, next week should be a, a little bit tighter. And uh, yeah, we'll probably be talking about the the new power show, uh, maybe the Walking Dead, maybe finale. the Walking Dead finale, and and the promo for the spinoff, which I guess will be airing tonight. Oh, all right. Well, Called Fear the Walking Dead, which is a very original title. <laughs> the the TiVo's getting it. Yeah. Okay, just in case I can't make it. <laughs> all right. I so, believe Fear the Walking Dead supposed to be set before the complete outbreak. I fear the Walking Dead spinoff, to tell you the truth. Yeah, but. I think it centers itself in L.A. Okay. Beautiful people and zombies. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> You're too late, Kirkman! <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm fading fast. I got to wrap this up. Okay. So, don't know how you found this show, but you can always find us at our home website, ChristOnInfiniteMidLives.com. Uh, we are on Facebook. You can find a link to our Facebook page through our home site, and uh, we do get messages through Facebook. If yep. you want to get in touch with us that way, we're on Tumblr, uh, crisis on infinite midlives We are on Twitter at infinite midlife. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, we... get that on a t-shirt for you. <laughs> you have to print it upside down. <laughs> uh, we are available on iTunes. If you did find the show through iTunes, do us a favor, uh, give us a review, uh, shoot us a rating, helps people find the show. And we like hearing from listeners. It's fun. Yes. Uh, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. Anything I missed? Uh, tune in radio. Or... You can find us on Tune In Radio. And uh, I think that is about. I think that's out, all of it. It. So yeah, this has been episode sixty-one of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. Thank you for listening. I'm Rob. And I'm Amanda. Thanks again, and Derp. Pig slapping. <laughs> Please stop saying this stuff to me. And, and hit stop. I really gotta stop here.